Jamie and Fortune's Betamax Dungeon. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of Betamax Dungeon with me, Mark Fortune. And me, Jamie Ball. Uh, hey Mark, hey listeners. Uh, it's back back in the dungeon. Back in the dungeon. What are you up to this week? Well, it's been more banjo burping, toe slurping, good times in the dungeon, Mark. Banjo burping? I've got the wheel of Berkowitz. The wheel. big spinning wheel of Berkowitz bullshit. Uh, okay. Like last week, I'm gonna I'm gonna spin the wheel. This week, Mark, you are gonna be the divisive digit. Am I? You are the divisive digit, which is gonna literally penetrate the spinning wheel, stopping it on one of the topics. If you can imagine the wheel of fortune, the big spinning wheel, yeah. the spinning wheel of Igor Berkowitz, Jamie's John Leslie. No, no, he is not. And I'm that. Uh, Don't compare me to John Leslie. No, you're spinning the wheel. He used to spin the wheel on the Wheel of Fortune. He was the he was the quiz master. He didn't spin the wheel. He spun. Oh wheel. yeah, he did spin the I wheel. I think he did spin the wheel. And it was Jenny Jenny Powell with a big oh, hair. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was Jenny Powell. She was the finger. No, it wasn't. She wasn't the finger. Didn't she? What did she do on that? I don't know. Can you remember when game shows had? Amazingly attractive women just to stand at the yeah. car. Or and, flip the cards over. Yeah. And or Isla Sinclair. And I mean like, it was a different age and I was of a certain age myself. Yeah. And they I mean that's the, only, that's the only reason I really watched those game shows was what, just to I, see the woman by the car. But the only reason I watched the game is because <laughs> my parents were watching them and I had no say in what we watched. Well yeah, no, that as well. But you always knew that there'd be a highlight when a an amazingly attractive woman would come out and stand by, like, a, I don't know, a lawnmower. Yeah, she had terrible prizes, wouldn't they? Sailor Century. Yeah. Um, bullseye was bad. Some cut glass decanters. Well, it always seemed to be, like, someone who lived in, like, a really urban inner area, like Birmingham or something yeah. like that, and they'd win a speedboat. Yeah. Did they really get a speedboat? Well, they never seemed to win it, did they? They only ever got their bus fare home. <laughs> I reckon they always had the or a Fiat Panda. They had a terrible car or a boat. I'm sure that they used to swap them. So if they won, they'd get a decanter set. I was a, I was always curious about because you know it was a darts player and a non-darts player. Yeah. Couldn't you have cheated that and just secretly been a darts player? Oh, here's my friend Eric. He's a non-darts player. And really, it's, it's Eric Bristow in disguise. He's got like a big bushy beard on or something. Yeah, but... Oh, yes, I'm the non-darts how, how, how player. Much, yeah, but how much research did they do into them? How, how much of a darts player they were? Yeah. This is what I mean. It would be an easy system. Yeah, maybe so they, say maybe we, everybody did it all the time, but they that's were what I mean. rubbish anyway. They were... The, the non-darts players were, were convincingly... Non-dark, non-dark players. players. So maybe that 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 debunks my theory. But then they were missing a trick. Why didn't they get? Why didn't they get their other dark playing friend to just say, "Yeah, I don't play darts. Never played darts in my life. <laughs> I just do the questions. Don't play darts." And then at the end, when they had the dart thing, it's like, "Oh wow, he's a natural. He's well, he's, he's got hundred with two yeah, darts. Yeah, he's, they're going to get the tool in no time." <laughs> Anyway, anyway uh, so I'm spinning, floor, I'm spinning the wheel. We've spotted the floor in the 40-year-old game There's show. many There's a floor in Bullseye, <laughs> mate. Uh, you can't beat a bit of bully. So Anyway, yeah. spin that wheel. The I know categories. Here are the categories this right, week, Mark. Go on, then. Keep uh, uh, so remember, you are the divisive digit. Yes. 
the team, the crack team that uh, Igor sent into the vortex, yeah. the exploratory team, yeah. uh, he's lost all communication with them. Okay. Okay. Um, Igor has been getting into cosplaying. Igor, uh, he received an invitation to Wendy's wedding. Oh. Right. Igor went to a Godspeed You Black Emperor gig. Oh, did he? He Not did. Yeah. Uh, Igor has come to the conclusion that any philosophy or series of ethics can lead to depression. So he, he has literally decided, like, almost theoretically, that ignorance is bliss. Okay. Um, I mean... I. I worry about the guy sometimes. It's like he's questioning his own existence. Well, I think he's serious. And, uh, yeah. I, that, uh, oh, there's one last category. What is it? Yes, Eagle found a pair of ladies' underwear down the back of the chair in the dungeon book nook. A pair of what? A pair of la- ladies' underwear. Okay. Down the back of the chair in, in the, the book, book nook. So I'm spinning the wheel, Mark. Do, 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 do. I'll do the sound effect. Do, 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 do. Big, huge wheel spinning. Yeah. Do you, you're the divisive digit. Okay. Where are you going to stick your digit, Mark? Is well, the wheel it's, sp- it's do, 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 spin? Do. And it's going to stop on the digit, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, you're do, 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 do. wheel spinning. For the listeners, <laughs> stick your digit in, Mark. Do All you? right, I've stuck my digit in. Jamie. Right. Okay. What are we on? Uh, we're on. Oh, I, no, I can't no, quite no. see, Mark. What have you landed on there? Um, the chair in the book nook. Okay. Oh, God, you landed on that. Yeah. Well, he found some ladies' panties down the back of the chair in the book nook. I've got some questions. Right. You've got questions. It's your chair, Mark. Yeah, who's been in my chair? Well, he has. He was looking down the back of it. Well, why is he looking... One, why is he looking down the back of it? He was cleaning. He cleans. He cleans cleans (laughs) the whole dungeon. And has there been any females down here? You tell me, Mark. Well, have I had any females down here? Well, I think if it had been from a lady that Igor had been with, he would have understood why there were panties. I don't not sure why he went to you with them. They were of a unusual size. What, quite small? <laughs> that that would be worrying, Mark. No, they were the size of a parachute. Oh, thank God! <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> of the two oh, options, thank God. yeah. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I was relieved myself. Um, so, yeah, he suspects it was obviously from a fairly large built lady who's been down here in the book nook. She's left her pants there. Okay, well, I'm going to have to put some CCTV up so I don't want any old thing in my book nook. I don't have to keep an eye on it. Yeah, okay. So you don't know anything about it? Of course it. I don't know anything about it. Oh, come on. What are you talking about? Were you wearing them? <laughs> They were your ladies' panties. Yeah. Okay. Because I've got a big brown arse. <laughs> and it gets hot in that book, look. I wouldn't say they were parachute-sized butt cheeks that you've got there, Mark. I w- <laughs> how, how, how would you know? Well, they're not that... These were huge... But they're literally huge pants. Are you sure they're pants? Yeah, they were ladies' pants. Mark, I'm not, even, I'm not using hyperbole. They were ladies' panties. Yeah. They were the size of a parachute. Like, they were the size of a parachute. Jamie and Forge's Betamax Dungeon. Anyway, what film are we doing this week? Uh, we're right? doing... Um... Oh, I love spinning that wheel of Berkowitz. Oh, can we spin it again? No. <laughs> oh.
No. Well, okay. Well, right, you spin want it again. What, an extra spin? Yeah, get, give us a bonus okay. spin. Okay. <laughs> we'll spin it, Mark. Well, you are the I've device. Got my finger in it. Okay, what category is it stopped on, Mark? Um, It's on. It's stopped. It's right there, Mark. You can, yeah, it's I can just know. there on the big wheel that we've that we spun. Igor has been cosplaying Sailor Moon. Cosplaying? Yeah. Yeah, he's been getting into cosplay. What's Sailor Moon? Sailor Moon is a Japanese anime. Ooh. Wait, that's what he's been cosplaying as. Oh, why? But he's just been getting into it. So that's not where the knickers have come from? I don't, I don't know that it's related. No, this is good to wholesome fun. It's a nice way to meet ladies. What's, what's Sailor Moon? It's an anime cartoon. About You've never what? heard of Sailor Moon? No. You surprised me there, Mark. Yeah, is it yeah. like young Japanese schoolgirl stuff? Yeah, it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's all like it's young people. Good it's not fun. Yeah, it is. It's nothing. It's Sailor Moon is. It's not, is it? I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit weird that he dresses up as them, but he does look convincing. What, he what's does his cos- like a, cos- costume look like? What? It's pretty accurate. Don't ask it. me to name the. It really looks like a like a a Japanese schoolgirl. <laughs> But with like with a with like kind of a nautical theme. Oh right, okay. Kind of on the wonk. I mean, I'm not, I'm not majorly familiar with Sailor Moon. I'm just saying that's what he. I mean, he's done other stuff as well. He did Red Sonia the other week. Mm. And he had like a chainmail bikini on. He looked quite good. The wig wasn't a hundred percent. We should do that. But put that in and see if we've got our beat marks. What Red Sonia? Yeah. Classic. Is it though? No. Jamie and Fortune's Betamax Dungeon. What um? What film are we doing this week, Jamie? Well, Mark, what can I tell you? We're doing uh, the 1960, 1960 black and white Italian classic, uh, Black Sunday. Otherwise known as? Mask of Satan. Oh. A.K.A. in this country, uh, Revenge of the Vampire. Um, but the original Italian title, I might mangle this. I'm going to Okay. Um, La, La Machera del Demonio. What does that mean? Literally, tran- well, roughly translated, Mask of Satan. Mask of Satan. So, uh, Why has it got so many names? I don't know. I, I mean, I think Mask of Satan was the original name. Right. Where did um, Black Sunday come from? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I did kind of read up on it and stuff. I don't really know. I think it was more to do with marketing and just going into different countries and stuff because they edit... It was different edits released in different countries. Right. Um, but it's 1960, black and white. And, I mean, we're real in proper gothic horror territory. You couldn't get more gothic. It's impo- I, f- I feel at this early stage, it's important to point out that uh, in 1960, in my mind, the two big black and white horror films that came out, yeah. that were both game changers in their own way, were this Black Sunday and of course Psycho? Yeah, you know, completely um, different. Oh yeah, totally different. I mean, Psycho had its gothic elements. To yeah, um, they're both black and white. Uh, the main difference being obviously that yeah, Black Sunday is pure gothic horror, and uh, whereas Psycho was very clever in implying the violence and making you think you've seen something nasty. Yeah. Uh, Black Sunday, it yeah. really shows it's, you nasty some, stuff. For some violence. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, cast. Okay. Um, 
I might mangle some of the names. Of course you will, but that's fine. The names are brilliant, by the way. The character names in this movie are just... I got a, bit, I got a little bit lost with some of the character names. Okay, well, I'll, well, I'll do my best. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Black Sunday, it came out in 1960. It was directed by Mario Bava. Uh, it was his first uh, direct... It was his first director credit... But he had worked on other films before. He, um, you know, he was a working director, and he'd finished a lot of films right. that other directors had kind of walked off of or given up on. Right. And he'd kind of stepped in for the studio. And but he doesn't get credit for that. He might. He might be mentioned somewhere, but he, yeah, he doesn't get the director credit. This was his first proper solo debut film. Right. Um, so just talk quickly about horror films in Italy at the time yeah that, yeah you're right that would be a good time to point out so uh, Mussolini yeah that guy that guy I'm going to take, take take us back in time Mark take we'll, us we'll back go, we'll go back to 1940 <laughs> okay go back to the year of Mussolini go back to the time of Mussolini he banned horror films from being made in Italy that alone would make me join the resistance but I don't what was his reasoning when he was an asshole yeah, but he must have had reasoning. Well, because he had that kind of that right-wing puritanical kind of view, nanny-state type thing. Yeah, the 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 it's a, a a base genre that has no artistic merit. It's corrupting people. It's the same view that Mary Whitehouse had. You know, the whole video nasty thing, the Daily Mail in this country. Yeah. You know, people that want to watch these kind of films are degenerates. Yeah. You know, they're horrible, nasty people. And I mean, we are, Mark, but not all people. <laughs> no, I was just saying that. I was thinking, yeah. oh. You're not all, not all people, but... <laughs> no, it's right. I know what you mean. But that that is that kind of, you know, hard right view. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, you're right. As you say, Mussolini banned the horror genre. So um, Black Sunday in 1960 um, was only the third ever horror film that had audio, like that was a talkie. Oh wow! This is only the third ever. I think one was. Well, they've uh, been lost in the midst of time. No, I'm pretty sure that I, I that is one thing I didn't look into. I got a feeling um, Ivan Pyre came before, so that Ivan Pyre would have either been the first or the second. I don't know what don't know the other. other one. I know that Black Sunday is the third. Right. So and we that, both don't know. Jay. Yeah. No. So yeah. Apologies, listeners. Apologies, whoever did have the first talky Italian horror film. I take my hat off to you. Um, probably, I, probably dead, to be honest. So don't I, worry about it. Well, Ivan Pyre was one of those films that was completed by Mario Bava. Um, the director credit went to Ricardo Frida. Frida. Never heard of him? No, he. I think he kind of went on to become more of a producer. And I think he he re, he used Bava as a director. Right, okay. Um, so, they, you know... It, they kind of had a relationship and like um ricardo frida m- maybe wasn't much cop he he was okay as a director but his his i guess he decided that producing was more what yeah. he wanted to do and mario bava was very much a director um so um yeah so black sunday 1960 uh, black and white 
uh, also known as Mask of Satan. It was banned in the UK until 1968, so it was banned in this country for eight years. Is that for violence? Yeah, mostly down to the opening scene right. that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, uh, the, uh, maybe just saying, I mean, Mario Bava is one of the most influential Italian directors. What, uh, what, other, di- what other stuff has he directed? Uh, oh, he's, he's, he's done loads of stuff. He did uh, Blood in Black Lace, which was a, a really good jazz, probably... Again, I may be wrong, but it was one of the first sort of Jallo movies. He yeah. kind of sort of set the template in some ways for a Jallo film. Um, you know, a- attractive ladies, fashion, black gloves, yeah, nasty stabbings. Um, he did ba- as opposed to the really nice, cute ones. Yeah, well, they're all yeah. You know, what I mean? these are particularly nasty stabbings. Uh, he did uh, uh, Black Sun, Black Sabbath, which yeah. come after Black Sunday. Uh, he did Bay of Blood. Um, he did Danger Diabolique, which is really good, and that was like a, um, is a superhero film. Yeah, well, it, um, is, it, is it a spy or something? Well, it well in it, it in Italy, their their comics are called uh, fumetti. Right, that's what they call their comic strips, and uh, I guess kind of typically Italian. Um, a lot of their heroes tend to be like criminals and like super villains. Right. And Danger, Danger Diabol- Diabolique is basically like a master criminal. Oh, you know, okay. he, he kind of dresses up like a superhero. You know, he's got a code of honour. He's, yeah. he's not all bad, but he's basically like a thief. And, you know, he's a, like raffles. He, yeah, that kind of, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, he also, uh, so Mario Bava, he also directed uh, Lisa and the Devil... Uh, have you heard of that? At least Teddy Savalis is in that. Um, Hatchet for the Honeymoon. You must have heard Bay of the name. Blood. Yeah, Bay of Blood was a massive influence on ha- uh, on uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Right. Almost. I mean, a Bay of Blood is basically just a series of gory murders. Right. It's not. They're not all committed by one person. Oh, are they not? No, no, no. Bay of Blood is sort of a different person every time. They're all killing... Well, it's a great film, but... Um, yeah, no, it's a different murderer right, almost okay. for every murder. But they're all... It's a whole group of kind of nasty people and I think they're all sucked up into buying land around a lake. Right. So they've all got a motive to kill someone to try and or get their beach. hand on the money. What? Or, or around a beach, a bay. Maybe it's not a lake. I think it is a lake. That could be. Wait, yeah, I don't hey, we're know. not even talking about that. Can one. a lake have a bay? A lake can have, can a lake have, have a bay? Beach, can it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So he did. Uh, yeah, Hatchet for the uh, the whip in the body. He no. did as well. Um, Baron Blood. Baron Blood, I've heard of. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's really influential. I mean, you can tell from this film. I mean, yeah, you're very a, excited. I'm sorry. You're very excited. No, I, I'm sorry. Um, don't apologise. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, always not having a go. <laughs> no, no. Jamie and Fortune's Beatmax Dungeon. Um, just for one thing I want to know before we get into the cast, the little bit of reading up I did do about it, and, and you can actually tell when you watch it, is the director had everything, all the set was monochrome, so everything was black and white. Yeah. Uh, which really shows and it's really effective, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the it sets are amazing. amazing. It does um, look amazing. Yeah, the main... Um, in the in the uh, 
Vada Castle, like yeah. the main kind of hall sort of living area with a ma- massive fireplace. The, the fireplace is awesome yeah. with the paintings. Um, so yeah, I will. We'll, this will lead into that. So if I if I just run through the cast, so um, so really legendary horror icon, legendary horror icon. Uh, Barbara Steele is yeah. in kind of a dual role, and she plays uh, Princess Azza Vida. Good. Which effort. is almost like a Star Wars name. Azavida. Yeah. Az- Azavida. That is a Star Wars name. Yeah. Um, Princess Azavida. She's basically the evil witch. Yeah. And then her later descendant, sort of two centuries later. Reincarnation sort of thing. Yeah. It was like a... Yeah. Well, yeah. That's... Yeah. Um, is Katia Vada. And I mean, it's played by... Obviously played both by Barbara Steele. Yeah. Um, True to sort of a lot of gothic. I mean, this one goes the full gothic, and most oh, yeah. gothic tropes are there, including like the uh, the doppelganger and the cursed family that yeah. are doomed to kind of repeat. So it's almost like every daughter of the Varda family is looked like the witch kind of. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah. So uh, Barbara Steele, fantastic in her prime, uh, princess. Azevada. Um and then we've got the uh, like kind of like the heroic doctor character uh, played by John Richardson, and he plays Doctor Andre Grobeck. 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 Is that the slightly younger doctor? Yeah, he's the handsome kind of hero guy. Yeah. Grobeck. Um, then the older doctor, his uh, mentor, is played by Andrea Chechi. Okay. Chechi. Um, and he plays Dr. Thomas Kruvayan. Kruvayan. Dr. Thomas Kruvayan. That's more of a Star Trek name. Yeah, yeah Kruvayan. <laughs> Dr. Kruvayan. Yeah, he, so he plays, he plays his mentor. Uh, and then uh, we have, uh, of the modern-day Varda family, uh, Ivo Garani plays Prince Varda, yeah. who is... Uh, Katia Vada's father, um, Arturo Diminisi plays Igor Javutic. Javutic. Igor Javutic. Yeah. Sounds like a ridiculous made-up name. <laughs> um, and then... It's Moldovian, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a big Somewhere gap. in Carpavia. Near Carpavia. Um, and then Enrico Oliviere plays uh, the young prince, Constant. Constantine Vada, right, which is Katia's brother. These are in these are in the modern era. Yeah. Um, Who plays the? Uh, is it Mario Barber's daughter that plays the the young girl? I don't know. The milkmaid. Oh, maybe. I yeah. didn't. Oh, yeah. That, not, I didn't written that down, Mark. I don't know. Oh, sorry. You might be right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, hang on. Let me have a look. I got a little. Hang on. I brought me a little book out of the Blu-ray here. Let me have a look. Who? Who? What? The as the. Innkeeper's daughter. Yeah, it might be her. Yeah. That's G- Germania Dominici. So I'm guessing that's the daughter of Arturo Dominici, who plays Javuto. And that's where I got the wires crossed. Yeah, so e- somebody's daughter. Yeah, so Ego Javutic. Uh, well, of course, she was somebody's daughter. That was obvious. Well, yeah, um, yeah, but she's the daughter of the guy that plays Igor Javutic. Mm. 
Um, yeah. John Washington, what sort of things? I don't you, know. I thought he was a, is it, was he not a slightly bigger name? Well, Barbara Steele is the big draw here, mate. I mean, she's the clear she's star. Got, uh, of she the, looks a bit like Sophia Loren, doesn't she? Her, she's just got the most fantastic set of eyes for the cinema. I mean, <laughs> so glad you said eyes. Yeah, come on. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, uh, her face is... No, just, I mean, beautiful. she just looks fantastic on screen. Her eye, you can't take your eyes off her eyes. Her eyes are just um, mesmerising. And she's so well cast in this. Yeah, right? well, she does She does Innocent and Scared really well. Yeah, and she does nasty, nasty and hateful and cruel really well. Um, yeah, she's a great actress, yeah. Who plays her... Is it a lover? You mean Igor Javutic? Oh, that, Igor Javutic. Javutic. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Arturo Dominici. Right, there we go. Um, okay, so right, um, so we've done the cast. So we've done um, the cast. Let's go over and describe the yeah. plot. So let, well, let's just sort of paint the scene. So it's 1960, so there's kind of... Um, we're on the crest of a new wave of gothic horror, okay? So Hammer movies you know, from the UK. Uh, Curse of Frankenstein came out in 1957. Right. It was really successful. Dracula came out in 1958. So... Uh, was Amicus going by this time? I think they... Amicus, I think, came in a little bit later. I think they were maybe more into the 60s that Amicus came along. But, I mean, they were, you know, they were around that sort of hammer time. Was it um, a case of, well, the British are doing this... And it's being successful, we'll, we'll have a go. Well, it, I mean, there was just kind of a new thirst for um, horror, really. And um, through the 50s, uh, it had gone very sci-fi. And um, a, lot of, a lot of the kids, in America in particular, horror was... that was a, The 50s was a time where American society was a little bit down on the genre as well. And like American horror comics, like EC comics, were being censored. Yeah. So horror was kind of out of fashion. So aliens and sci-fi, westerns, that was more the genres that were being presented to kids. Yeah. Um, but kids of that time were watching the old black and white Universal movies, like the sort of um, Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney stuff. Yeah. It was sort of you know late thirties, forties. So. There was that appetite for sort of gothic horror. Yeah. And then late 50s, 60s, when Hammer come along in colour, and it was basically those same old universal characters, Dracula, yeah. but there was blood, it, you know, it was in colour. And it was, yeah, it was popular, is what people wanted to see. And it, particularly in Italy, where they'd had this blanket ban blanket. on the genre. <laughs> blanket ban on it. Yeah. They just sort of went at it full tilt. In uh, 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 Hammer movies, had a bit of blood, yeah, but the gore don't compare to what Black Sunday does. I mean, Black Sunday, even though it's black and white, even though it's nineteen sixty, I mean, it's proper gory. Yeah, the hammering's not very nice. Is oh, it? the hammering is awesome. That is the best. That is the best opening scene. Is <laughs> what I tell us about the opening scene. Okay, so uh, so like we're straight into like the full on gothic medieval horror aren't we really we've got like you've got sweaty muscly hooded executioner guys yeah stood round braziers there's lots of torches flames, flames. hooded acolytes and thunder and lightning yeah yeah it's a full-on 
Yeah. Um, shit is going down. Oh, yes, go down straight away. Um, Did it, the version I had had a little warning at the start? Yeah, 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 I did, yeah. Uh, terror. Yeah, yeah, this is a really <laughs> scary film and no minor should be seen. Yeah, it was a very... Uh, yeah, it was a very old-fashioned warning. Please be aware. Yeah, just keep an eye out for some maybe slightly unnerving scenes of terror. Um, so, yeah, so straight into it. You've got hooded executioners. You've got a a, a woman, Barbara Steele, tied up. Yeah, you know. she's no shrinking violet over. She's spitting feathers, isn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> she's, she's fuming. She's fiery. Uh, yeah. it, well, in in early on, we find out that this is Princess Azavada. Yeah, and she's an evil witch. And she's um, got her eagle with her. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah her um, like a right hand man, Eagle Javutic. He's already been killed. He's already been executed. Um, and uh, so basically we discovered from the like the robe, the leader of the robe wearing inquisitors. The, they, they, I didn't ever thought of that. They are inquisitors, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, it's very sort of Spanish inquisition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in Moldova, but it is very that kind of theme, you know. Um and he's uh, the 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 lady who's tied up and who's about to be executed is uh, being executed by a brother, who you know uh, basically states that she's. It's a bit confusing. Is she a vampire? Is she a witch? Is she a satanist? It's. Um, yeah, I don't know where they got vampire from. Well. She's kind of a, it's kind of a confused, unholy amalgamation of all three, yeah. isn't she? There's loads of stuff which is very vampire. Yeah. There's loads of stuff which is quite witchy. Yeah. And there's loads of stuff which is like a Satanist. It's demonic. Yeah. There's a lot of Satanism going on. Um, and I mean, that's the other kind of interesting thing about the film is that it does really mix up a lot of the myths in folklore. Yeah. Is it originally based on a book or a short story? Or something? Yeah, it's based on the V by uh, is it Nicol Gogal? Gogal. Sorry for the mangling. G O G O L. Well, I it's think it's um, Eastern European. It's an old story, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he claimed that it was based on folklore. Yeah. But I think that was a bit of a myth. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he kind of said that to kind of make it, right. just give it that extra good bit of sort of um, marketing, I think, on his part. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we got the opening scene. Basically, Aza, evil princess Aza Varda is branded, which yeah. is quite graphic yeah. for, you know, 1960. Straight you see the, the brand on the back, yeah. The S, the mark of Satan. And then in what is really a fantastic scene, a, a, a big bronze mask of Satan, mm. which has got all loads of spikes on the inside. It's like a nailed, like a uh, Iron Maiden. Yeah, it's mask. like just the, yeah, it's just the mask, but yeah, spiked mask. Oh, that's not going to go on the face, Jamie. How are they going to get that on? <laughs> Man, just, I tell I tell you what else I I tell you what else I really enjoy about that scene. If you watch closely, when they're like holding her head, 
the two executioners are holding her head yeah. and the other guy is putting the mask on yeah. and he stabs one of the nails <laughs> into one of the, the <laughs> other, <laughs> yeah it's going into his hand as well it's like hey buddy you're pinching me it's like oh I'm stuck in right um, <laughs> stuck to this witch's face but that that scene I mean then basically a big hooded sweaty muscular Execution. It's a big mallet he uses as well. Oh yeah, and he just whack, he whacks it right into. It's not her like face. a. It's not like gently tapping it in with a toffee hammer. Is yeah, it? no. He basically he proper smacks it into her face, and so blood comes out of the eye sockets out of her yeah. mouth. That whole scene was what led to it being banned in the UK. Um, it's a great opening scene for any film. Yeah, yeah. No, it's up there with some of the best. I mean, you're in, isn't you? You're yeah, like you're in. Bang. Yeah. Then we jump forward 200 years, do Yeah, we? 200 years and... Uh, to 18... Well, sorry, it was originally... The original part, 16... Something or other. 16, so, and it jumps so that, to now we're in the 1800s. Yeah, late, late mid, yeah late, mid to late, late yeah. 1800s. Um, and we're introduced to young Dr. Andre Grobeck and his kindly mentor, yet dumb... Oh, he's, uh, oh, he's a moron. Yeah, Thomas Kruvayan... Way, are they on the way to that village anyway? Or are they just... They're going to a seminar or some kind of bogus kind of like convention or something. Yeah. It all seems a bit vague, it but they're, bas- vague. they're basically going somewhere. They're going somewhere so they can get waylaid and will come off of their carriage. Basically, yeah. So they can get stuck out in the middle of nowhere. They stumble across an old ruined crypt. Yeah. It's kind of adjacent to like an old castle, an old crumbling gothic castle. And a graveyard, is that right? Yeah, yeah, the graveyard's in the village, isn't it, I think. I thought it was the same place. No, I think the graveyard, yeah, maybe. We've got to go back to the Jews. After they hammered her mask on, yeah. they were supposed to set fire to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they you're didn't. Right. Yeah, you're right, because it rained. Because it rained. The it got rained. rained yeah. It got rained off. Yeah, it did. They didn't go back after. Yeah. So they, yeah. oh, it's too wet, mate. So they, yeah, so they couldn't do, they couldn't carry out the full execution. They only hammered the mask in. They couldn't burn her because it just kept raining. Yeah, so they could bury her in a crypt. Yeah, but they couldn't burn her. Yeah, basically. Why didn't they just burn her inside? Well, they could have done that. Didn't think it through, did they? Well, yeah, they they all just waited until the rain stopped. <laughs> just waited. Well, yeah, just oh, yeah, it's not raining now. This, yeah. Yeah, this thing about this rain, mate, it does stop eventually. I mean, to be honest, even if it's raining, if you pour petrol over someone, why would they have got petrol? They'll still go in up. They'd have had kerosene or something. What do you mean? Why would they have kerosene? They would have had some kind of immolant. Like what? I don't know. What would they have used about that? <laughs> It must have. It must have been what is it? In like the seventeenth century, but they could make alcohol back then. Yeah, I suppose. So they could have distilled brand, chucked a load of brandy over her, and just it's torched her up. It? Torched yeah. her up. That's what? No. <laughs> what? This torched her up. She was well, a witch, man. She was an evil witch. Well, they could have poured oil over her or something. Yeah, there, there would have been options. But, you know, for the purposes of the story, they couldn't burn her. So yeah, they just they, there her. wasn't a BP local enough for them to get some yeah. refined kerosene or paraffin. Or, yeah, they would have, have had paraffin, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would have had some in. Oh, really? Yeah. So anyway, so 200 years in the future. Yeah. So we're back to the two doctors. Two dopey doctors have broke down. Their wheels fallen off the carriage. Their wheels fallen off the carriage. The guy's got to put the thing back on. They decide to go into the crypt because that's what you do when you see an old crypt. You go inside and you have a look. Well, I probably would go and have a look, wouldn't you? No. Yeah, I probably would have gone. I'd be like, well, this 
This is what happens in these shit films. So they find the tomb. They find the tomb of the witch. Yeah. He gets shocked by a massive, massive bat. Well, Hank, this, whoa, let's not get to the, let's not get to the bat, yeah. Excellent to get to the bat. When she's in the, we should say, when she's in the tomb, Mm. um, she's still got the mask on. Uh, and there's like a window, isn't there? There's a window in the top of the tomb. Yeah. And there's a big crucifix uh, in the middle of the tomb. So, uh, as we're ex- as it's explained to us, if she should wake up and open her eyes, the first thing she'll see is a crucifix, which will keep her in her place. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, um, that's all crucial to what happens. Yes, what happens next. After the... Absolutely ridiculous bat attack. <laughs> it was a great bat. Giant bat attack, Jamie. Giant bat attack. It's a ridiculous giant bat. It comes out of nowhere. It attacks. It's huge. It attacks Professor Kruvian, who <laughs> makes probably the most ham fisted defence. Has he attack. got a big stick in his hand? He's also got a derringer kind of pistol in his pocket, like a double-barreled small musket. Yeah. So he 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 starts hitting it with his cane. He shoots it with his double-barreled. This is a big mini- bat, mine. We got that. It's a huge bat. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a it's a ridiculous bat. He shoots it with his gun. Yeah. Beats it. And I mean, he really beats the shit out of it. In uh, he's beating it on the top of the tomb, yeah. And he smashes the crucifix, and he smashes the glass window in the top of the tomb. Yeah. Okay. Idiot. Um, he yeah, he does kill the bat, and then the other doctor, Andre Gorobek, Gorobek comes back, <laughs> and they're, lo- they're, lo- they're looking into the tomb, and Kruvayan decides to take the mask off mm. of the. What he's already pointed out is a witch. Yeah. So he takes the mask off her, and then they realise that he's somehow managed to cut him, cut he's, himself. He's cut himself, hasn't he? Yeah. And she's not the... decomposed in 200 years. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's still kind of been preserved yeah. in the crypt. She's got bugs in her eyes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's not very nice. Yeah, no, that's a bit gruesome. That's a bit gruesome. For the 1960, yeah. yeah very gruesome. And then, he, so, yeah, so basically blood drips onto her, you, you know where this is going. It well, kind a little of, bit like Hellraiser, a little bit of blood. Starts to resurrect the evil witch. Yeah, what I would have done, Jamie, is just pop that mask back on and got the fuck out of there. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's essentially what they do. And when they leave, uh, they meet the new princess, uh, which is Katia Varda, also played by Barbara yeah, Steele. She's in the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. She's directly outside, isn't she? Yeah, she hears a noise. That's not the graveyard, though. That's the crypt. That's the oh, right. ruined crypt. Right. She's there with the dogs. Right. And when I mean, that's a real iconic. That whole scene of her with the dogs. Yeah, I mean, for the Omen, was it or Damien the Omen too? Yeah, all kinds of things over the years. I mean, if you're a gothic horror nut, I mean, that whole just her alone is kind of like an icon. But that scene of her with the, the I think it's two. Do- is it two Dobermans? I think it's two yeah, Dobermans. I think so. But her with the dogs, and she's wearing that long black cloak. Um, she's like a Scottish widow. Yeah. She's going to try and sell you a pension. Or something. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and of uh, uh, Dr. Andre is pretty smitten. Oh, he's smitten straight away. He's well smitten. Um, and he hopes to see her again. The two doctors leave. They're going to stay in town. 
And then we're really introduced to Katia and the current Varda family. Yeah. So you've got her dad, uh, Prince Varda, who's played by, uh, I did say it, Ivo Garani. And then you've also got her brother, Enrico Olivier, Olivieri. 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 Uh, who's her brother, Constantine. Um, and we're kind of introduced this a really quite a romantic evening a nice you know you get the idea that they're a close family yeah uh katia is tinkling on the piano uh constantine's polishing his musket by the fire yeah uh and the dad is just sort of kind of is he not ill in bed straight away no he's sat up but he's kind of he's haunted you know yeah. there's something going on in his mind um they hear howling don't they they hear beasts yeah howling. and then they, he notices that a picture that's been hung on the wall for hundreds of years is suddenly changed. How would it change? It, well, it just changed. We don't know, did we? Well, there, apparently the, there was a bird on it. It was alive. And then the bird was dead. And uh, Katia says, oh, I can't remember her exact line, but it's basically along the lines of, I've always found that painting really disturbing. It's always haunted me. And it's like, yeah, because it looks just like you. Yeah. Is it, it, I mean, it was painted before you were born. Yeah, it was painted 200 years ago. It looks exactly like you. would they like still have a picture of the, a witch up on the wall? Yeah, that was a bit weird. You think that, And her right-hand man, because on the other side yeah. of the fireplace is Igor Javutic. Yeah. And I mean, that guy, he's dodgy. Pop him down. Yeah. Pop him down, put him on the fire. But they both, but the paintings do have like a role in the plot later on, yeah. in a way, don't they? So, um, so yeah, so we're introduced to the the, the modern uh, uh, Vada family, and they are very much haunted, aren't they? They very much kind of get the impression that something's not right with them. It's almost like they they know they're doomed. Yeah. Or they know that. Well, he I, seems I mean, the, to the the. the, the Father seems to know that there's. Oh, he yeah, else. he knows the family has kind of been cursed yeah. by Veda. He's, he's waiting basically yeah, for it to to, to occur. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, doesn't the witch wake up? Well, yeah, well, yeah. The blood is dripping on her, so I think she comes to, and I think uh, she then goes about resurrecting Igor. Igor. Javutic. You don't have to say Javutic every time. But that's his name, Mark. Yeah, it's Igor Javutic. And his resurrection... You are going to say it every time now, aren't you? But that's his name. His res- I, I'm saying it right, so I'm going to keep saying it. Um, in his resurrection scene... Oh, that's great. ...is another classic horror... Yeah. I mean, there's no real music to it, I don't think, if I remember rightly. It's all kind well, of quite... kind of... I don't remember there being any music. I think there is music. I think it's like a... In the background. Is there though? Yeah. I don't remember there being... I can't remember it being completely silent. But it... Um, well, it may have been a storm or something. I think I, I think you can watch it and you can understand how a lot of directors that we we admire, that were maybe more of our, more our generation, you can see how maybe they've been inspired by it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... I couldn't help but not think of like the Evil Dead in a lot of bits of this. Evil yeah. Dead Two in particular, that whole him coming out of the grave and everything. Yeah, and um, his face. There's almost quite a bit of comedy to it as well, though, isn't there? It's maybe creepy, a, maybe unintentional. Well, I don't know. But then when he when he pulls the 
mask off, the mask of Satan off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He looks like he's got a papy mache face. Yeah, yeah, his face is sort of, yeah. He hadn't been as well preserved. No, as, well, he's back inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not had nice inside. Well, yeah, he was just in a rubbishy <laughs> grave. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah. She's awake, but she's, she can't do anything, can she? She, she calls out to him to yeah. get her some blood. But it's weird. But it then it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. So she had a bit of blood spill on her. Yeah. So she kind of half comes back to life. And that's enough to bring him almost completely back to life. Yeah, well, he's. But he hasn't had any blood. He doesn't, like, he's not a zombie, is he? No, no, he's not really. He's just, like, staggering along. He's more like a resurrect. He's sort of a resurrected corpse. Yeah. But he's not. You wouldn't call him a zombie. And he's not quite a vampire. No. He's kind of a vampire. Um, there's a lot of interesting imagery, imagery going on as well because there's talk early on about um, how the, the it was on the St. George's Day and how St. George... I mean, you know, obviously St. George slew the dragon yeah. and Igor's got the dragon on his tunic. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of dating it to like the, almost back to the Crusaders and like the Templars and... There's that whole vibe to it. So it's like mixing up like Templars and the Spanish Inquisition and, um, you know, uh, Sumer, not Sumerian. Um, Kandarian. Uh, yeah. Um, Moldo- it's Moldovia, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, Carpathia and that kind of, uh, Ru- that Romania, that uh, Transylvania yeah. kind of area of Eastern well, Europe. The, the vampire bit. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's kind of a mashup of all that kind of thing. Um, there's some insane dialogue in this movie. I thought it was bordering on comical sometimes. Yeah, I, one that's stuck in my head. Uh, this was maybe later on in the film, but they find the gut. The one of the helpers from the castle is sent out to go and get help at the village. Yeah, and he later turns up dead in the river. Yeah. And one character says, how did he end up here? And another character goes, the river! Can't you see he's dead? That might just be a bit of... Probably oh, bad translation. Bad translation. But, yeah. Because it didn't make any sense. It just stuck out in my mind. There's a particularly... Um, and then there's a later one when, uh, when, the, uh, when Constantine and Dr. Grubeck they're in the chapel and they kind of realise that the evil witch is being resurrected. And uh, Dr. Grobeck goes, uh, we're in the presence of some unnatural mystery. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, do you, one a, of my favourite bits was, they're in this, um, it's kind of like a pub or they're, they're in a, like an inn. And uh, the young milkmaid, this young lady, and they go, oh, we need some milk. Oh, it's like really dark and horrible. Well, she's scared, actually. yeah. And she go, they go, go and get some milk. She's like, fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just go and get some milk. It's not most terrifying out there. She's scared. Well, yeah, yeah, she's terrified. And this is, well, this is, <laughs> it's like, no, just go and get the milk. She's a young girl. The, the, the cow is next to the creepy cemetery. Yeah. She's quite understandably saying, well, it's really dark late at night. Going and milking the cow is pretty creepy. Her mum drags in that lovable buffoon, bloody 
Kruvian, Dr. Kruvian, who's already started the whole debacle anyway. Yeah. Because he smashed up the tomb, broke the crucifix, killed a bat, and managed to get blood <laughs> on the face of a dead witch. He's not just a bean. Yeah, what a dick. So the 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 young in daughter, her mum drags him into it and says, Oh oh hello, stranger. Don't you think my young daughter is being ridiculous? And he goes, yes, you are a young lady. You shouldn't be afraid of the dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the thing is, they're in Moldovia. In, in like that. Yeah, she should very much be afraid of the dead. Especially if she, if people are dripping blood on their faces and <laughs> like, their tombs. I was like, yeah, but surely in a little village like that, yeah, there's, like, there's shit going on. And when I think, no, maybe we won't send our youngest daughter out to get the milk at 11 o'clock at night. But, but everything had been fine. Until that Burke had turned up and dripped blood on the face of. So where does when Igor wakes up? Where does he go? Well, don't he don't he set about going to find Kruvian? And then he says, "You need to go to the the castle." Yeah, because Kruvian doesn't realise there's anything wrong with him. Does shit, does he? No, no, he, he just, just gets on. Right. The, yeah, he gets on the coach with him. Yeah, I, the guy is an idiot. Dr. Kruvian is an idiot in this movie he just gets gets in a thing with it yeah this this weird bloke with a weird papamache face has turned out who looks a little bit he's got a bit of a weird pallor to his face yeah he's got a weird pallor like he's been dead for 200 years (laughs) so alright I'm quite sure what it is about this guy but he looks like he's been dead for 200 years and then she uh, mesmerises him doesn't she yeah she says she tells him you're going to die but I'll just make the rest of your life amazing. She has got mesmerising eyes. She's brilliant at the witchy parts. Yeah. You know. Like this kind of wicked witchery that Stevie Nicks might employ. But what does she actually tell him to do? I, they're not entirely clear on that. No. Because he, because uh, Javutic, Igor Javutic, he leads him down into the crypt and then there's that bit where the lantern is hanging in yeah. midair. Uh, and then he he takes him into the chapel, into the crypt, and I can't, I don't know, maybe I passed out for that two minutes. No, I can't I didn't quite, quite remember. But then, but then, basically, when you see the doctor again, his hair's gone white, and yeah. he, you know, obviously, he's one of them. He's been turned. But nobody notices again. Well, uh, uh, Andre Andre Gorobek notices is no, nobody at the the. Back at the castle, realizes only the other doctor here is. Oh, yeah, he says, Your hair, what's going on? And like, um, he almost tries to warn him, doesn't he? Um, he he kind of sort of says, Oh, you need to get away from here, you need to leave. And you know, I'm not quite myself. Well, he's looking after that because the the, is it the prince Constantine? Constantine, he's like really ill now. At this point, oh, it? that's the dad, isn't it? The yeah, dad, that yeah. is the yeah, that is the yeah, the yeah, they're both princes, but yeah, he, the, old, yeah, the, the old older prince. Yeah. He's really old. The doctor's supposed to be looking after him, but he gets up and just leaves, and then Igor goes in and kills him. Well, we yeah, we missed a bit because Javu- Igor Javutic goes to try <laughs> that's the whole name. That's his, that's his name. Igor Javutic goes to try and kill the elderly prince beforehand yeah 
that's quite a good scene. He's like creeping into his bedchamber, but he, the prince grabs that cross. That's right. So that's when he kind of rethinks it. Well, he just backs out as well. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he scarpers pretty quick. He doesn't hang around. So that's when he then goes and gets the doctor mm. to try and kind of. But then, yeah, who. Is it the doctor that makes him ill so that he can be invited back? I don't. I can't remember. Anyway. So. But he was ill anyway. He wasn't. Top notch, was he? No, yeah, he was sort of. Um, it was the stress and the worry of the curse yeah. hanging over him and the family. And I mean, we should say, I mean, this goes for. This is full on gothic horror, so it's got all the classic gothic horror tropes, isn't it? So, you know, death, you know, the enduring possibility of salvation through love, but other than yeah. that, it's, you know. Crumbling ruins. Crumbling ruins. Doomed people. People who know they're doomed. Um, Dread. Draperies. Billowing draperies. Yeah. uh, Gloves at the window. um, Crows. It's a great film. Ivy. It is a great film. I know. It's a five-star movie, Mark. It is. Are you going for five stars? I'm not going for five stars. Okay, I'm impressed. So, uh, wait. I've got a wee. Okay. Go. So the discovery of the secret passage is really where we kind of enter the third act. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of inexplicable. There's a random candle that starts burning one of the draperies, which is covering the painting of Igor Javutic. One of the servants comes in, tries to put the fire out, beats it with a stick and smashes through the painting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. been up there 200 years yeah I know I just, yeah. right hang on I've got a question about those paintings were they painted before or after they were done as witches I've no idea I don't know what they're doing. I would imagine before <laughs> why they'd still have them up there I'd imagine before it's like having it's like being related to Jimmy Samuel and then keeping the keeping picture, the picture keeping up. the picture up. yeah well I guess it's all family yeah I mean it's, they're all part of the family I suppose but that that doesn't make a lot of sense so anyway, but hidden behind the painting, they discover a, a secret, a secret, a secret. Sorry, excuse me, a secret passage. They discover a secret passageway. Yeah. Um, behind the fireplace, actually, isn't it? It's a big secret door behind the fireplace. Yeah. So Constantine, Katia's brother, the young Prince Vada, and our main hero, Doctor Grubek, uh, they go into the secret passageway. Uh, they discover that other weird painting of. Barbara Steele. Yeah. She's kind of nude. It's kind of... She's kind of nude. I can't remember. Yeah. It's kind of a bit... You know... For 1960, it's kind of... The quality of video that I watched... It's pretty racy. Wasn't very good. But, I mean, obviously... Yeah, it was a picture of, like, the evil witch as Aza Vader. So it's a picture of her, like, you know... And then they go through there and they discover that they're back in the crypt. Yeah. And they also discover that she's, like, regenerating... You know, she's breathing, she's, yeah. I mean, she's still let out, but, um, so that's when it kind of kicks into high gear. Dr. Grobeck, there's that, there's the village priest guy, the village religious guy. Yeah. He goes to see him and then he's like, right, okay, we got to go to the graveyard. And they discover that Javutic has been dug up. Igor Javutic. Igor No, Javutic. isn't the doctor in that grave, his grave? That's right. Ah, yeah, you're right. Igor Javutic is gone. Yeah. And the doctor is in the grave. Yeah, you're right. And uh, in another weird twist on the vampire myth, 
the only way to kill him is by piercing his eye, yeah. stabbing him in the eye. Yeah, not a stake through the heart, just stab him in the eye with something. Well, that'll do it, that'll kill things. Well, not well, not traditionally a vampire. Do it, piss him off a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd definitely do that, but... Yeah, so that's an, but that's another, like, a weird... Could you, could you blind a vampire? Could you blind a zombie? Well, answer my question first. Can you blind a vampire? Yeah, or will they just regenerate their eye back? I think you probably could blind a vampire. I mean, if you if you if you got a crucifix, yeah, and jabbed it in his eye, oh, all right, you didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but that I think that would that take his eye out. <laughs> that would. I I think you could successfully blind a vampire. What about that. a zombie? Well, this is what I'm asking you. Can they see anyway? This is what I'm asking you. I don't know. I don't think you can blind a zombie. They're already blind, aren't they? Well, yeah, because they can't see. They just they're going to go for you anyway, and I mean. Yeah, but how do they know where you are? But how do they know where you are anyway? Their eye sockets are all rotted. They, they don't work. Well, the it oculus... makes sense, isn't it? The whole thing, the whole genre. Wow, whoa. <laughs> Hang on, let's, have, let's not, let's not <laughs> knock off the whole genre. they can't genre. see you and they can't smell you, can they hear you? They can, I think they can smell you. Well, why, are they, why is the nostrils working? I think they can smell you are and they, they can breathing? hear you. you can, they're not breathing, are they? No. No, so how are they going to smell you? I, but they do seem to be able to smell and hear. Which doesn't make any sense because none of those senses <laughs> would work in a rotten corpse. No. But if you, but generally, I think with the genre, a blind zombie will still go for you. It doesn't need to <laughs> blind zombie. It will still go for <laughs> you. It's like it? the shittest band name ever. <laughs> um, blind zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome onto to the stage. Blind blind zombie will still go for you. <laughs> Um, the album. Could you blind a vampire? I think you can. I think you can blind a vampire. Yeah, but they'll regenerate. Is he still losing his life? Do they regenerate? I don't, is that a, that's a new? Is it? Are they regenerative? Sorry, regenerative. <laughs> regenerative. I don't think that. I don't know that vampires are generally. I mean, you could chop a vampire's hand off. Could you? Why? And it'd just grow another. Some vampires, maybe, but not all. <laughs> Some vampires. Well, that's a that's I didn't a new... there's all different types. Well, there is. There's all variation. I guess that's why vampires are so popular. Is it that although there is an underlying, they, they, they always there's have a to... ba- there's a base level vampire. But there is a base there to the myth. There is always a there are like any genre. There are certain things that there has to be. They have yeah. to crave blood. Otherwise, you ain't got a vampire. No. So they have to crave blood. You they're have just, to have they're that. They're just posh zombies, really, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're more thinking. Posh I mean, zombies. they're undead. I mean, they're That's still... a good band name, isn't it? What? Posh... <laughs> posh zombies. <laughs> posh zombies. Posh zombies. Um, New album, Black Sunday. No, that was Cypress Hill, wasn't it? What, Black Sunday? Yeah. Insane in the Brain. Do you, I, do you think they were fans of... Ma- I bet they loved Mario Barber's Black Sunday. Yeah, I think the I bet they a, sat around, the they smoked the reefer. Yeah, yeah. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, they smoked the reefer. They watched Mario Barber horror films. They went, they went oh, that's in, insane. In my... <laughs> literally in my membrane. Oh, the shit's going down. Right. Um, so, the discovery of the secret passage. Yeah. So, you know you're in gothic horror territory when there's a secret passage. Secret passages, they've dug, dug the doctor up. Yeah, they, oh yeah, they've killed him, they stabbed him in his eye. Um, 
and then it all kind of kicks off. Uh, the villagers get involved. This pitchforks. Pitch it's a proper pitchfork. Thing, yeah, full it? on villager. I mean, you need that in any gothic horror film, don't yeah. you? Angry villagers with torches and pitchforks. Cool. They they head to the castle. Uh, the religious guy is leading them up yeah. there. Um, Doctor Grobeck, uh, Andre. Um, he discovers that. Cause, I mean, basically, the plot is that she is going to do that like body transference thing, yeah. where she is going to inhabit uh, Katia's body. That's right. Uh, we should also say as well that her father comes back as a vampire, doesn't he? The older Prince Vada. Yeah. And he gets chucked into the fire by Igor Javutic. And yeah. it's a really good burning scene, isn't it? You, see, you really see his face melting down yeah, in the I fire. Yeah, I didn't see that in the version I saw. Oh, really? No, I just see him get chucked into the fire. You don't see his face melting? No. Oh, that's awesome. You had a cut one. Yeah. Did you see the mask get hammered yes. into her face? Properly mallet. Well, I saw the mallet come down, yeah. And did you see the mask go... Uh, probably not. The, no. you did, the mask gets smashed into her face and blood comes out of the ice on No, it. I didn't see that. You didn't see any of that? No. You had, what a rough cut Well, I keep you getting the, the wrong beatmax, don't I? Anyway, that's... Don't moan. I'm not, I'm not moaning. I'm just disappointed that you didn't no, get no, the no. full... Okay, you didn't get the full joy of the movie, Mark, because it was cut. I did get the full joy of the movie. No, you missed the best bit. Right, let's wrap the end of this movie up. You missed what? Because you missed the guy... No, because we've got, got to get through it. Come right, on. okay. Uh, well, yeah, so we're, yeah, we're pretty much there. The villagers turn up. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Villagers, pitchforks, burn the witch, the end. Don't do that. That's not well, what I meant. That's not what I meant. Don't you get angry, then? No! <laughs> very excitable tonight, Jamie. <laughs> Five stars? Yeah. I enjoyed it, even though it was bits, bits the version I saw, there was bits cut out and I had some stupid yank interrupting it when I was watching it. How do you mean? Because uh, I, I watched it on, um, I don't know, I had a cut, the version I had was like the same version that was on YouTube. Oh, okay. And it was done like a, like a movie night thing. You had this guy pop up every now and again, selling shit. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But it was a, it was all right. So in, so in your version, then, the, so you see the guy with the mallet, mm. you see him swinging it, and you hear the knock, I think, and then the screen goes black. Oh, okay. So yeah, in the full version, you you basically got a side shot of the mask, yeah. and the mask just goes in like that. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's still old kind of fashion, but you do see blood. Coming out of the mask. Yeah. It's quite effective. It's a brilliant shock opening. Well, oh, we've already mentioned that, haven't we? About the, everything was black and white. Yeah, the sets were... I mean, the sets are amazing. It, it, this it looks, film looks great. It looks fantastic. Um, and I mean... I mean the, the, you, they, you'd struggle to get that... That vibe and that energy in a modern film. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I mean, that whole gothic... That whole gothic atmosphere... Oh, yeah. From the get-go... And I mean, you know, when you've got big I mean, hulking, sweaty men in executioner hoods, torturing yeah, I mean, it's, witches. It's, it's, you know, parts of it are but I think it just adds to it. Yeah. Some of the, like you say, some of the dialogue's clunky as hell and probably the wrong translation. But it's, it, it doesn't take any anything away from the fact that it's a fantastic film. I think, yeah, I think 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, if anything, those issues with the dialogue, it, I think if anything, it is just translation. Mm. Um, it's so influential as well. And I mean, you when you think it... it if someone said to you, what's the most influential horror film of 1960, ev- ev- everyone would say Psycho. Yeah. And it was. I mean, Psycho changed it, but it took a long time for Psycho to change it. Do you Not know what I mean? It took nearly 20 years. Yeah, yeah, really, in a way. I mean, there was a whole slew of imitations after Psycho, but none of them really Worked, got... Right. None of them really quite got what was scary about Psycho. And what was really kind of scary about Psycho is that you didn't need to be living in Carpathia. You didn't need to go to a gothic mansion. You could literally be killed, staying at a motel in your own home. You know, death is coming for you. You you don't have to go away or go to a creepy castle or a haunted house. It'll come come and get you. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's it entirely. Yeah. that's how Psycho kind of laid that sort of groundwork. Yeah, well, but this, is, this is like you say, this is more the imagery in this one is, I think, a bit more prevalent. Is that the word? No, maybe. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I think the like, yeah the imagery, like like you say, Evil Dead, any type of haunted house film, any gothicy haunted house film, it's got that same sort of feel. Not as good, like I say, a modern film wouldn't be able to do. It wouldn't have the same feel at all, would it? No. You couldn't they'd really struggle. They'd whack so much CGI in it, it'd be a nightmare. That would kill it, yeah. And yeah. I mean it, uh I mean it, it, I mean in spite of all that, in spite of it being pretty gory for nineteen sixties, um it's still quite a comforting film. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's a Sunday afternoon. You could you could you could sit down with your mum and watch this on a Sunday oh, yeah, afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um well, it's a mystery as well. Yeah, it's a good, fun, mystery, creepy, gothic horror film, you know. Right in my wheelhouse, I would say. Love it. Five I'm, stars. You love five it, Five stars. I've never seen you so excited. I'm excited about all the films we talk about, but Black Sunday's awesome. It is awesome. Barbara Black... Steele is awesome. It's an awesome movie. There we go. Okay, that's right. We're done. The end. Black Sunday. Okay, Mark. Uh, so, I, you're, we're lowering the lights... Yeah. You're putting on your Hugh Hefner-esque smoking jacket. You're pouring yourself a little cognac. sip of cognac. Um, you're pulling your pipe out of your pocket. You're puffing up your cushion. And you're nestling down into the little enchanted grotto area of the dungeon that we like to call book. Mark's book. Dungeon Book, book. Nook. Book. Do a little trailer for that, shouldn't I? Do so... It, so once again, Mark, it comes to the point where I say, Mark, what have you been reading in the Dungeon Book Nook this week? This week, Jamie, <laughs> I've been mostly reading The Blade Artist. Okay. By Irvin Welsh. Okay. Now, this book is concerned with one of the favourite characters from Trainspotting. Oh, okay. So it's a spin-off. It's a spin-off. I think it's... Uh, maybe the fifth book in a train spotting series. Oh, really? Is that how many? Yeah. Okay. Well, you've got train spotting, Paulie's glue, Stag Boys, this one, the Blade Artist, and there's Dead Man's Trousers after. I've, to be honest with you, I've read a few over my. So they just all carry on the story. Stag Boys is a prequel. Oh, okay. Um, 
porno's a sequel. I'm not quite sure because I've not read them. Oh, okay. I haven't because I don't. I've, I've tried reading Train Spotting and Dead Man's Trousers. I couldn't get into it. I can get into it any other other stories. Okay. Well, tell me about the one you could get into. The one I could get into it concerns Begbie. Okay. The this Blade is the Blade. Up. In when was this one written? Uh, 2016. Oh, okay. So okay. I think he's written one. He's written Dead Man's Trousers since, because he's part of the same gang. All his okay. books are set in Edinburgh, and there's yeah. loads, there's loads of cross pollination between. Okay. Yeah. Between other stories. Um, this concerns Begbie, who at this point in his life, believe it or not, Jamie, and it's good because it, it, you just see Robert Carlyle when you're reading this book. It's basically Begbie living up in California in the sun. He's a sculptor and he's got a beautiful wife and two beautiful daughters. And you think... How the hell has he got done next? Yeah, what? <laughs> but it, the book tells you. Okay. Uh, that's re- and it does seem quite reasonable how he gets there. Okay. The bad news happens when he gets a phone call from back in Edinburgh telling him one of his sons has died. Oh, okay. And it, it, basically the story is him going back to Edinburgh. He meets a few of the old gang, all except Renton, because Renton's still run away after what happened at the end of Trainspot. Yeah, okay. Um, meets all the old gang, starts getting dragged back into being how he was, yeah. and then you find out at the end he never he's never changed. He does what he does because he likes doing it. Yeah, um, he's just a horrible, horrible man. Yeah, but the the way it's really well done actually. I really enjoyed it. So does it almost present him as a? Do you almost think like, or maybe he's redeemed himself? Maybe yeah. He when uh, something happens at the start of the book which you never quite get to the bottom of until the end of the book. Uh, and he uses he uses things like his people threatening his family as an excuse to hurt other people. Okay. But it wouldn't have mattered. It's just an excuse. Okay. He just likes fucking hurting people, and he hurts a lot of people in this. Oh, okay. He hurts a lot of people. Without giving too much away. Well, I can't. If you're going to read it. Well, I, well, am I spoiling books as well? Well, I, I don't know. When was it written? Can you spoil a book that was written four years ago? Yeah, I don't know. Well, basically, he's a serial killer. What, Begby? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, Jesus, really? <laughs> but it's, it's not not like it'll go out with... It'll go out and go, well, I'm killing somebody today. Right. Somebody will piss him off. He'll kill and him. There's this, there's this, he's having a chat with this, like, like a gang lord. And they're getting on fine. Not There's not a bother. And then this guy says one thing to him. And he uses that one thing that this guy says to him as an excuse to horribly fucking murder him. Okay. But it, he was just waiting for him to say something. He was going to kill, probably kill him anyway. But then, but is he killing people that are morally dubious? Or yeah, is yeah. They're all, everyone's morally so dubious. He's, so he's not... So he, so even in that regard, he could be regarded as kind of like an anti-hero. So he's not killing innocent. Yeah, yeah. He's I mean, not killing innocent women and children. No, they're all criminals and thugs and yeah. What, but so, so he's almost a vigilante. No, but he's killing bad people. Yeah, but he's killing bad people in a horrible way for bad for no for, for real wrong, yeah, reason. It doesn't matter that they're own people. So he's not like on a. He's not like he's on not a Dexter. So he's not on a quest for revenge <laughs> no. or anything like that. He's just, no. you know, he's just no. okay. 
That's quite, it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, so is it a happy ending for him? Uh, there's a nice little twist at the end, okay. which I won't give away. Okay. There's a lovely little twist at the end where it's, it's, he's on a, he's on the plane back to back to LA or back to California, and he meets somebody on the plane. Oh, okay. And that, so that then gets spin off into it. And you're oh, like, okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Oh dear. Did I tell you that's the end of the book nook? That's good. I got have a. Right, that's the end of the book nook this week, Jamie. You got okay. any for us? Yeah, there's another thrilling book nook, Mark. Thanks for that. Yeah, um, uh, if you've got Disney Plus, I would recommend watching Fresh. What's that about? I uh, don't want to give too much away. You need to, the less you know, the better. Uh, it's got Sebastian Stan in, who's obviously the winter, played the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, it's got Daisy, is it Daisy Edgar Jones? I might be wrong. I'm sorry if I. Is this a film or a TV show? It's a film. Right. Yeah, I think it's. It, I, yeah, apologies. Is he a murderer? I, I don't want to give anything away. Well, you've got to give us some. I'm recommending it. I'm just oh, saying, right. watch it. All you need to know is it basically about. It's two people that meet up. It's almost like a romantic comedy setup, and then it plays out in unexpected ways. Um, oh, it, I know the film. It's 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 okay. It's worth a watch. Okay. Um, and the other thing I'm looking forward to, it's on its cinema now, is a new, uh, you know, there's that new hot, like, kind of indie horror label. Is it A24. 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 You're not going to say men, are you? Yeah, you're not looking forward to that? Yeah. Oh, have you? Yeah. Is it good? Can have you seen it? Well, I can't talk about it. Yeah, you can't tell me if it's, it's good like or not. I've pirated it. I'm going to have to cut this bit out. No, you, you can cut the bit out where you said that, but was it good, Mark? Yeah, it's really good. Oh, okay. It's, is that Alex Garland? Yeah. It's fucking weird. Oh, uh, yeah. It's okay. weird, one of the weirdest things. It's weirder than all the other films he's done. Oh, okay. He's done some weird films. It's almost... Um, I've, oh, it reminds me of a, a 70s style of film. Do you know who's the guy who played Shelley? No. Harold Bennett. Yeah, forget that. Forget that. It's... Um, it's unlike anything I've ever seen, but it reminds me of something, and I cannot think for the life of me think what it is. Okay. Um, yeah. Is it scary? It's not scary. It's oh. it's. Um, you just you're watching it going, what the fuck is happening? Basically. Oh, okay. So, but is it good? Yeah, it's, re- it's it's good. The last twenty minutes is one of the maddest things I've ever seen. Oh, okay. That sounds. You'll yeah. like the ending. Okay, it goes. It goes and mental. When you watch it, we will have a conversation about it for about three hours. Oh, right, okay. It's one of those things you'd have to pick apart. Oh, okay. It's I need really to go. Good. I need to go and see it. Yeah. I didn't go so much on his last one, which was the one with um, wasn't Natalie Portman in it? Mm. And that was like a that was a was that Netflix? Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed Was it, it Annihilation? Yeah, it was Annihilation, yeah. I no, Was that based off of somebody else's story, though? Yeah, it was. Was that based off a novel or something? I'm sure it was. I, yeah, I can't... Off the top of my head, I can't remember who wrote the wrote the story. Uh, it's quite a well-known sci-fi writer, and I think that that's a whole series of books, I think. Right. Um, I mean, some of it I really liked, but it just wasn't quite... And I, I, I don't know that I like Ex Machina that much. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, it just seemed... 
just kind of sort of, it just kind of played out maybe how you always thought it was going to, wouldn't it? I mean, it, weirdly enough, it harkens back to our old conversation about sex bots. Yeah. You know? Like, if you've made someone to the point that they feel that they are a person, yeah. you, ca- you can't be treating them like a sex toy. No. Toy. You know, you can't, you can't do that. And I mean, Ex Mechina is kind of hitting on that, isn't it? Really? Yeah. And that was a conversation we had ages ago, but yeah. So men, yeah, I'm looking for, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm we will have it. a, when you watch it, we'll have a big long conversation about okay, it. Okay. Do you know what you want to film you want to do for next week's podcast? Um, I was thinking of The Machinist. Okay. I haven't got it. Oh. Okay. But every week, you see, what well, I... Brad the, Anderson, isn't it? Did you do Session 9? I think you did, yeah. Session 9 was good. I don't know well, about I have to either. think of another film now, because I thought you'd have The Machinist. I haven't got The Machinist. I'm sorry. You didn't have The Machinist. You didn't have Near, Near Dark. What was the other one you didn't have? I did have Near Dark. I think I sold it to Sex. I've seen it loads of times. I could do Near Dark. I could, you know, I would need to refresh my memory. I've seen it loads of times. Oh, I love I Near I'll, Dark. I'll think of something else. Okay. We, we will do that. I'm, I'm sorry. I just... No, it's all right. Right, we're going to wrap that up? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, good. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, goodbye, Mark. Bye. Bye, bye listeners. Jamie and Fortress beat Max Dungeon.